Welcome back to the Read the Roster podcast. I'm Ross. And I'm Reed. And this is going to be our week nine review along with our week 10 preview of the NFL season. Uh, not too many crazy things happened from week nine, but uh, kind of excited to review it and get into week 10. As always, please check out the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I've officially figured out why our episodes have not been posting. It will be fixed and we will be able to stay on our current schedule. So, Going forward, you can always find the college videos on Wednesday. The NFL videos will, or the episodes will come out on Friday. And that should be our schedule from here on out. If anything changes, we'll, we, we will be able to let you know. Check us out on Facebook, read the roster on Twitter at read the roster. Please interact with us, give us your opinions, thoughts, send us questions, all that in between. And with that, let's just jump right in. Uh, not too much, like I said, to go over with what happened in uh, in week nine. Really, the first one that I know you and I both want to talk about is the absolute downfall and the ridiculous nature of the Packers organization right now. Uh, Fifteen nine lines. I'm gonna let you kind of start off on the on the review here. I didn't think one wide receiver could matter so much to an organization with a quarterback as good as Aaron Rodgers, who. Most people, including myself, think is the most talented quarterback of all time. I wouldn't say the best quarterback of all time. Definitely not with only one Super Bowl. And, yes, he does have back-to-back MVPs, but I think he's the most talented quarterback of all time in just terms of pure arm talent and overall. But uh, we've seen that without Devontae Adams, this offense is stagnant, can't click, no leadership. Aaron Rodgers just hasn't really come out and done anything to lead his team. He hasn't come out and taken any ounce of responsibility. I think I saw him earlier this season actually blame it on the wide receivers, which, yes, I get it at the same time, but you're the one that's making the throws. It's just crazy to see. I know their defense has really never been amazing when they've had Aaron Rodgers and they've kind of had a Decent to good offense to back that up, but this defense is not that good after Devondre Campbell had an all-pro season last year, and I don't think he really lived up to it. The back end has played okay. Jerry Alexander still top five, top eight corner in the league probably. But as soon as they lost Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers just kind of went into a shell and hasn't really come out of it yet. And I saw on Instagram or something the other day that if you lose another game or two, I think you start looking to trade Aaron Rodgers, get at least maybe a first, maybe two first-rounders for him because he still is, I think, 37, 38. And you finally play Jordan Love and get what you drafted out of him. Yeah, I just th- – this has been insane to me, and I do want to address one thing that you said there. You know, Aaron Rodgers can blame it on the wide receivers, but Aaron Rodgers was the one that threw red zone interceptions uh, this past week. So I never support anybody that blames their teammates, even if it's wholeheartedly somebody's specific fault as to what happens. You got plenty of other moments to go out and win a football game. So you can't you can't pinpoint on one moment. There were multiple reasons that you failed earlier than whatever your wide receivers did. You failed at multiple other points during the game that led to the moment that you're trying to blame whatever on. So, you know, yeah, you don't have the most dynamic receiving core in the world, but you got two rookies out there and Alan Lazard. Those are your starting three wide receivers. And then Robert Tunyon's the most inconsistent tight end in the league. So I 
they've got to come along. They've got to learn. Not every single rookie wide receiver is going to come out and look great like Justin Jefferson did or like Jalen Waddle did or, you know, put in any rookie wide receiver that you want that's popped off and looked amazing. Especially I mean, that's not a first rounder. Exactly. Dubs is their best one. And he was like a sixth round pick. Exactly. And I think he had injury concerns. He played at a low level school and that always just kind of drops your, your, your rep, your rep down. And then Christian Watson was a second round pick. Yeah. But his was purely talent. And he was known as really just a deep threat for North Dakota state. He wasn't really like a polished route runner. He was brought into the league to kind of be that deep threat. And hopefully Alan Lazard could kind of be your technician that would go get you some yards. And then you bring uh, Randall Cobb back in to be your slot guy and Sammy Watkins to kind of bring everybody along. So, I mean, again, don't blame it on your wide receivers. You still got Aaron Jones. I think the offensive line is still pretty good. They played decently well, even the times they haven't played with David Bakhtiari. And now you have him back. You also have Elton Jenkins, who is the most awesome Swiss Army knife that you have you could possibly ask for in the NFL, able to play multiple positions. And Josh Myers is a pretty decent center. So overall, there's no reason that this offense can't succeed. You, you play in a division with the Lions, who made you look stupid. You play in a division with the Bears, who, especially without Roquan Smith now, have Jalen Johnson, Jaquan Brisker's playing pretty well, Kyler Gordon is playing pretty well, and that's about it. The front seven is nothing. Now, Green Bay's running out of excuses. I'm with you. I think that something needs to be done. But I think this is exactly the win Dan Campbell needs to hold on his shoulders for a while because I think he's what this Lions organization needs. And I think injury luck is kind of what has led them to the rough start that they've had this season. Building on teams that shouldn't have lost, Jets, Bills. I'm also going to let you take this one. Jets get the win 2017 over the Bills. I mean, really, it's just – what Josh Allen said in his interview, it's the NFL for a reason. It's the best players in the world, and it's tough to win any weekend, but it's definitely hard to win when your quarterback doesn't play as good as he's been playing the whole year and even remotely close to the level that he's been on the past few years. He didn't play a good game, came away in that game hurt, which I think I saw something on Instagram too that it could be a sprained elbow or something like a Tommy John that you get in baseball. So, that would definitely not be good for Josh Allen or the Bills or for the rest of his career if it is a Tommy John because they are seriously tough to come back from. But, yeah, it just wasn't clicking for the Bills on offense that day. Josh Allen just had a rough game, and he's not really – and he's the person that the Bills rely on for all their offensive output, as, crazy, or as cliche as it sounds for a quarterback. But, I mean, he makes plays all throughout the air on the ground if you need 10 yards, he can get it on the slant or he can get it running up the middle and running over somebody. And if he's having a good day, if he's having not a good day, your offense is going to stop stagnant in the water. As crazy as it sounds, because they have so much talent on their off on their offense, but not take anything away from the jets. They've been playing on a whole nother level this season. I didn't think they'd be sitting where they're at. Zach Wilson's not played terrible. Brees Hall went down. Akai Becton went down. And yet they're still winning football games. Robert Siles got something working over there in New York. That, I'm glad you brought that up because I think I don't want to overshadow the fact that the Jets are, are, are a really good looking football team this year, regardless of the injuries. Elijah Vera Tucker also went down. Uh the young the young guys have really stepped up. I mean, Garrett Wilson 
in my opinion, looks like the best of all rookie wide receivers. I think he's played a little bit better than Olave. I know it's kind of, you know, a tie between those two. Uh, but I think Garrett Wilson has played amazing, especially when he's actually gotten the opportunities. Once Zach Wilson came back in, didn't get as many uh, looks. Zach Wilson kind of went back to his safety blanket and Corey Davis and kind of leaned on Conklin a little more. Um, but I'm excited to see the future of what Garrett Wilson can bring to this offense. And the front seven for the Jets are playing amazing. And I, I, you can look at me like I'm crazy. Anybody can look at me like I'm crazy. But Sauce Gardner is playing like a top five corner in this league right now. He looks incredible. You know, he, he, got, he got beat up a little bit in the first quarter and a half of this game. But then he locked down, got a good pick. Granted, it wasn't the greatest throw, but it's still played nonetheless. He was where he needed to be, and he played awesome. I mean, he's looking like one of the better picks of this year's draft. I'm really excited about the future of this Jets team, and as long as this injury isn't too concerning for the Bills, like Josh Allen said, this is these are the best players in the league. Josh Allen didn't have his best game, and I mean, the Jets are an up-and-coming team. They have a lot of talent. If they're playing together... They're going to get people sometimes. I still think the Bills are the favorite to win the AFC, and I think the Jets easily are a playoff contender right now. Uh, so I'm not as concerned about this loss. I'm with you. I'm a little bit concerned on the outlook of what Josh Allen's injuries injury will look like because uh, I think that will kind of determine a whole lot of what happened this postseason. Last one we'll kind of bring up, and then we'll move on to our preview. Uh Titans on the road at Chiefs for Sunday Night Football. It was an awesome game to watch for a little while, and then once the points stopped, it kind of got a little ugly. Uh, the thing I'll bring up, and I kind of mentioned this to you before we hit the record button, uh, Derek Henley did look awesome, don't get me wrong. And like I said, it was a fun game to watch for a little while. I'm actually pretty concerned if I'm a Chiefs fan because the Titans had no passing offense. If I remember correctly, a wide receiver did not catch a ball in this football game. If not, it was until the late fourth quarter or overtime that a wide receiver caught a football for the Titans. Derrick Henry made everything that happened for this offense, and the Chiefs barely won this game. The Titans' defense showed up to play, and that's even without their best corner in Caleb Farley. And the offensive line pushed the front seven for the, pay, uh, for the Chiefs around for a little while. So, again, I'm a little concerned because I think the Chiefs are the second best team in the AFC right now. But if they're struggling with this Titans team, who is good, but in this current iteration where they have no passing offense whatsoever, you got to be a little concerned if you're a Chiefs fan. I think it just kind of backs up what people have been saying since Derrick Henry kind of had his surgeons to the top in the NFL. This Titans offense is going to go where he goes, and that's about it. And he absolutely carried this offense during this game. I mean, we know that Ryan Tannehill's not a special quarterback. Malik Willis was drafted purely based on potential and, yes, athletic ability, but not with how amazing of a quarterback he is. It was talent and potential. The Chiefs defense just got ran all over. But, I mean, you got to expect that to happen with Derrick Henry. He's been doing it to any team over the past few years. They've had some amazing battles battles in the playoffs. They're always good games. I think it's just kind of something about the team names that just gets them going. But Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Juju Smith-Schuster has been coming along. 
they're just a great offense. And if their defense can play enough, I mean, it's going to be really tough for anybody to beat them. But like you said, it is concerning for the Chiefs to look and only have – I did look it up while you were saying, and I think only four people caught a football in the game, and it still was that close to a football game. So it is kind of concerning, but also concerning for the Titans if you can't throw the football, you're not going to win very many games, and you're going to get your best player on the team. He's going to be hurt, or he's not going to be playing for you for much longer. So pretty good game, but both teams got to get it figured out. Like I said, with that, let's just jump right on to the Week 10 previews. Uh, we'll kind of bring it up in the end, but our quick thoughts so far, Falcons are playing on the road at Th- Panthers on uh, Thursday Night Football. This one's kind of like, it's not a heavy rain game, but it's raining. I think it's kind of affecting the passing offenses of how they're working. Uh, Panthers are up 3-0, and even though it's close, it's into the second quarter. Panthers look like they kind of have a hold on this game with the way that they're moving the football. Uh, P.J. Walker got away with a tough throw earlier but the Falcons just haven't really been able to get much going on offense so far. So they're running the football, and it's kind of like what we saw a few weeks ago out of Deontay Foreman, just running the football. Chubba Hubbard's kind of a factor now. And if they mix in some quarterback runs, I wouldn't be very surprised if they just absolutely run away with this football game and dominate on the ground because really the only person you need to kind of look out for is Grady Jarrett, and other than that, I mean, it's going to be a tough game on the ground for you. And if DJ Moore keeps playing like he's playing, I think it won't be close at all. All righty. Sunday, uh, 9.30 across the pond. This one's in Munich, Germany. Seahawks are the visiting team. Tampa is the home team. Uh, Tampa's favored by three in this one. Maybe last week's a spark plug for what Tampa needs to do to get it going, but I think the Seahawks are just doing enough to play right and play well. Uh, I think the Seahawks with Geno Smith, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett have a really good relationship with him. They have really good chemistry. I think they're able to kind of create some stuff right now. Kenneth Walker, the third is playing out of his mind uh, as a running back. And this defense is actually playing super well. Uh, Tariq Woolen and Kobe Bryant, two rookie corners, two late round rookie corners are out here balling. Looking great. Jamal Adams, yes, I know he's a box safety, but he's back to playing his role and playing it well. Quandre Diggs has been playing well this season. The linebackers are playing well, the front seven in general. And Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas, the bookend tackles who are also rookies, playing really well on this offensive line. This team just looks a lot different than what we thought it would at the start of the season. And even though the Buccaneers got a really needed win, last week and i think it'll be good for the overall like tempo and morale of this team i still think the seahawks are able to pull this one out and uh give the bucks their sixth loss give me the give me the seahawks yeah i'm gonna have to kind of hop on with you i do think the seahawks do win this football game they're just playing at a different level than what we all thought they were like you said this had the potential to be a i think them the texans and the falcons were expected to be the worst team and worst teams in the league and the Falcons and Seahawks kind of came out and shocked everybody. I think the Texans are playing than what people thought. So I'm going to have to go with the Seahawks. It is tough to kind of bet against Tom Brady with all the offensive weapons that they have and how historically decent or good that their defense is. But I just kind of love the DJ uh, – not DJ. I love the Geno Smith story. He's playing out of his mind from getting cut from – 
10 teams or whatever number it was and getting drafted out of West Virginia. So give me the heartfelt story and give me Geno Smith and the Seahawks. All right, moving back to the good old U.S. of A. Saints on the road at Steelers. Um, I think these might actually be competing for two of the three worst teams in the league right now. Uh, I think it's between these two and the Texans. Uh, maybe even lump the Jaguars in there. The Saints have been really good on offense with Andy Dalton, but this defense, I mean, it's just not the same, especially with Marshawn Lattimore hurt. Uh, Michael Thomas is on IR for the rest of the season, more than likely, unless the Saints are miraculously able to get into the playoffs, which I just don't see happening. I think they're easily the worst team in this division. Uh, even though the Panthers are 2-7, and seven, I think if you play them again right now, I, I still think they win. Um like I said, I think the Saints have still been able to do some good things. Chris Olave is a good player. You still don't know what's going to happen with Alvin Kamara. Uh, but on the flip side, the Steelers might just be as bad. I think they have a good core around them, but this offensive line has just shown a lot of woes. Kenny Pickett's still taking his lumps. The defense in, is inconsistent, even with T.J. Watt coming back. I am going to take the Saints because I'm convinced that the Saints offense is going to be able to do some good things against the Steelers defense. And with the Steelers having the lowest scoring offense in the league, I just don't know, even with a hurt Saints defense, that they'll be able to get up enough points to beat the Saints in this one without the defense having some ungodly performance. So uh, give me the Saints in this one. They're only favored by two, so I think they obviously cover, but probably barely. Uh, And I think this is a low-scoring, ugly game. I'm going to have to kind of hop on with you again, of course, because we never disagree. But <laughs> give me the Saints. The, Andy Dalton is definitely a better quarterback than Jameis, than Jameis Winston, in my opinion. He gets the ball to his playmakers. And if this offensive line can block for Alvin Kamara, I don't even think it will be close to a game. He showed his ability by scoring three touchdowns and going 100 yards over a few or for a few weeks ago. It's just – He's got to get those opportunities. This offensive line's got to block for him. He's got to get thrown the football. You got to let him work in space. Like you said, Chris Olave is a great player. Sucks that Michael Thomas is out, but I think that's just kind of have to be how his career goes from now on. He's just been injury riddled for the last three, four seasons, something crazy like that. I'm not too sure. I think Jarvis Landry's back. I think maybe, but the Saints' offense is definitely a whole lot better with Andy Dalton as their quarterback. And the Saints just aren't good on offense, as point blank as it is. Kenny Pickett has come in and done absolutely nothing. Najee Harris is a completely different running back than he was last year. I do not know what happened, but it's like he forgot how to play football. Like you said, this offensive line is terrible, but he's just been a non-factor. Deontay Johnson hasn't really done much, and – George Pickens, who many thought were going to was going to be the offensive rookie of the year, is either not getting thrown to or not making plays in the football. It's just something's not working, and they're really struggling from it. And I think they could be potentially good here in a few years, but right now they just got to figure it out and learn how to play football. So give me the Saints. Next up, we got Vikings on the road at Bills. Some people are considering this a possible future Super Bowl matchup. Uh I think we might need to pump the brakes on that one just a little bit. I think the Vikings are good, but they've eked by a couple of tough wins. Uh, And it's still Kirk Cousins. You know, he's done great, but anytime in the postseason he's been. uh. So, 
I'm going to let you lead off with this one, but I am going to give one quick thought. Let's presume Josh Allen doesn't play. What are your thoughts on this game? I think either or. I'm going to be pretty quick on this one. Basically, as straight up as it can be, if Josh Allen plays, the, the Bills win. If Josh Allen doesn't play, the Vikings win. It's just how I see it. I think Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins would see Josh Allen not playing as a chance to absolutely strike fear into the Bills. I know their defense is good, but if Justin, if Justin, if Justin Jefferson gets rolling, he's hard to stop. He can go for 200 yards, two touchdowns, and can absolutely torture defense. And without that offensive firepower that they're, the Bills are used to, and Josh Allen, I just don't know if they can make this a football game. So, if he plays, give me the Bills. If he doesn't, give me the Vikings. Bills are favored by about three and a half. Uh, I'm going to take the Bills in this one also regardless because I think people still to this day don't give Case Keenum enough respect. Uh, no, he's done nothing crazy, but we forget of that amazing play him and Stephon Diggs made when they were on the Vikings, ironically enough. Uh, I still think Case Keenum's a serviceable enough quarterback. I don't think he's going to lose you a football game. This Vikings defense has lost a couple of pieces throughout the season. Uh, not as healthy. Some of their key defenders are a little bit older. I think this receiving core between Dawson Knox, Stephon Diggs, and Gabe Davis is enough to really challenge this back seven of the Minnesota defense. I think the Bills can win this game. Uh but the Vikings just kind of seem like a team that they're going to play to their competition no matter who they're playing. I think this is probably going to end up being the best game of the weekend. It very well could be a Super Bowl future match or a future Super Bowl matchup. Uh, I would say the Vikings are probably the second best team in the NFC easily right now, and I still think the Bills are the sec- are the very best team in the AFC, regardless of this loss last week, because um, every good team is just going to drop one. I'm going to take the Bills regardless, but I think this is super, super close. I'm actually going to say the Bills don't cover. I think they probably win by a field goal. If Josh Allen plays, they probably do win by about 7 to 10. Next, we got lines on the road at Bears. This one's super confusing because you and I both agree that the Lions injuries are probably a big reason as to why the Lions are where they are. Justin Fields has started to come on really well lately here for the Bears. Uh I think if him and Claypool can start building a connection, I think that'll be even better for him, and I think it'll be even better for Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet. Maybe it even frees up this running game for David Montgomery, who I think is a majorly underrated running back in this league. He was always breaking tackles, and he runs hard and falls forward. I've been impressed with the Bears the past couple of weeks. I am going to take the Bears in this one. They're favored by three. I actually think they cover as well. Um I just think the Lions, for whatever reason, on the road just cannot play well collectively. Amon Ross St. Brown is back, but DeAndre Swift is still kind of up in the air, and Jamal Williams, to me, is still just kind of a short yardage back uh, at this point in his career. You don't have TJ Hawkinson anymore, and like I said, the Lions don't play well on the road collectively, but Jared Goff really does not play well on the road. So I'm going to take the Bears in this one, and unfortunately, the Lions dropped their seventh loss of the season. I know what Justin Fields did last week doesn't happen very often with rushing for 178 yards or whatever it was and two or three touchdowns. I can't remember. Like you said, he has been playing better. Chase Claypool isn't an amazing wide receiver by any means, but he's better than Darnell Mooney. 
you get those two guys going, like you said, get David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert going. Could be a good one. And this offensive line isn't playing too bad. Yeah, so I think they do win this football game, especially since the beginning of the season. Amon Ra and Jared Goff kind of started off so hot and were hooking up and scoring two touchdowns, three touchdowns a game. But since Amon Ra went down and came back, they haven't really been doing that. So with really no offensive production outside of Jamal Williams, who, like you said, is a short yardage back, can go over 100 yards and get you two touchdowns. But he's not going to be an absolute game changer. He's just going to get those chunks of two to three yards and then get a goal line touch here and there and get you a touchdown. So you don't have that offensive production from a Monroe. You're going to be dead in the water. So as crazy as it seems to me, give me the bears. I still don't think they're a good football team. I still don't think Justin Fields is an amazing quarterback, but if he keeps playing the way he's playing, he might turn out to be one. Next we got Broncos on the road at Titans. I'm actually going to let you go first because I have an interesting thought for this one. So Broncos on the road against the Titans. Titans favored by three. Who do you got? It's tough. I would just say the Titans just because of how well that they played against the Chiefs last weekend. I still don't have faith in this Denver offense really at all. I mean, they've played okay. Not amazing throughout the season. You lose arguably your best defender and Bradley Chubb, or not lose, but you trade him away. Yes, Pat Sertan's playing like an absolute animal, but as we saw with the Chiefs, the Titans' passing offense is a non is a non factor. So, pretty plain and simple. I think Derrick Henry could have a chance to absolutely take this game over and make it a long day for the Broncos. So wildly enough, I'm actually going to take the Broncos in this one. I agree that losing Bradley Chubb is a huge deal, but the Titans just kind of scare me. If Ryan Tannehill does not play and Malik Willis is forced to throw into this defensive backfield for the Broncos, I just don't think that spells good things for this team. You can't ride Derrick Henry forever, and I think the Broncos' defense is ahead of where the Chiefs is right now, even with the injuries and the, and the trade away of Bradley Chubb. Uh, I think the Broncos can ugly this one up and win. So I'm going to take the Broncos barely. I wouldn't be the shocked if the Titans win because they are a better football team. And if Ryan Tannehill plays, this completely changes my decision. But if it's Malik Willis, give me the Broncos to take this dub on the road. All right, next up we've got Jags at Chiefs. Um, go ahead. <laughs> so I'm going to make it pretty fast. Chiefs are an amazing offense. They have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, who have been probably the best duo outside of probably Tua and Tyreek Hill, maybe even Jalen Waddle. But I think Travis and Patrick Mahomes have been the greatest duo on offense this season. I just don't think it's going to be fair. The Jags have had a very, very, very hard downfall since the first few weeks of the season. They just haven't looked good. Trayvon Walker's played okay. Ever since the first week, he's kind of had a falling off too. I just don't think that he's had much production. But like I said, I don't really pay attention to much of the PFF stats or stuff like that to see how he's affecting run games or see what he's doing on passing and stuff like that. So it's just been a rough season for the Jags after getting back-to-back number one overall pick. So give me the Chiefs. 
I'm going to keep it quick, too. Uh, I think the Jags' defense has actually played pretty well at times this season. I think the offense just kind of leaves them out to dry. Trevor Lawrence has been underwhelming again and doesn't really have the offensive line to blame anymore. Cam Robinson's playing well. Jawan Taylor is playing well. You've got Brandon Scherf, Connor, uh, I mean, uh, Christian Kirk. It's good enough to be a decent wide receiver one. He's better than a lot of teams have in this league. Uh, I'm looking at you, Texans. I mean, the Jags have no business being three and six, especially with how bad the Texans are. They just got to win over the Raiders, which they should have with the, as bad as the Raiders have been. I just, I'm, I'm really confused by this team. Pat Mahomes and everything about the Chiefs is better than the Jaguars at this point. I feel bad for this Jaguars defense because I feel like they're being wasted. I think they're a good young group. Something's got to change. Hopefully in the offseason, you go get yourself a number one wide receiver, another good offensive lineman, and we'll finally see if the excuses can go away for Trevor Lawrence or if he's just what he is at this point. So give me the Chiefs. I think they cover. They're favored by nine and a half. I think they win by 14 plus. Next, we got Browns on the road at Dolphins. Uh, I believe this is the last game without Deshaun Watson, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, By no means do I think the Browns get a win here, Uh, but I'm really interested to see how this Dolphins defense is able to play against Nick Chubb. Uh, They're pretty, they're decent against the run, much better against the pass because of the pass rush and the DBs that the Dolphins have. Uh, But I just don't think this Browns defense, even with good corners and and Denzel Ward and Greg Newsom, I just don't think they're ready for the Tyreek Hill. Jalen Waddle matchup, and now with both Chase Edmonds and Jeff Wilson coming over from the 49ers, both playing really well, this offensive line is really good, and how quickly this offense works, I just don't think Miles Garrett's going to be a big enough factor to slow down the passing game. I'm easily going to take the Dolphins in this one. They're favored by three and a half. I think they win by more than that easy. Give me the Dolphins 10+. plus. I'm going to have to take it kind of more as a close game. This is with Nick Chubb playing a good football game, though. But like you said, I mean, he's kind of been the Browns' offense the whole entire season, and I just don't see that changing, and I don't see the production really changing either. Jacob Brissett is a decent quarterback, but he's not going to throw you a win by any means. So if they even slow Nick Chubb down, and he can't be that big of a factor. Like you said, the Dolphins win this football game pretty easily. But I'm just going to take my gamble and say that we believe that Nick Chubb is the best running back in the league and that he's not going to be stopped like that. I think they keep it close. But like you said, two has been on a tear this year. I think me and you kind of both thought that he wouldn't be that good of a quarterback, but I mean, it is kind of hard not to be a good quarterback when you're throwing a Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, who are some of the best playmakers in the NFL and probably two, if not top three fastest guys in the league. So he's showing out, and Tyreek Hill's on record-breaking pace to shatter all types of records. I didn't think he could get better without Patrick Mahomes, and he has. So it's really hard to bet against this Dolphins team right now with how good they are on offense, and I just don't think the Browns can do enough. So give me the Dolphins and a close one. Next up, we got Texans on the road at Giants. I actually think this is going to be a more intriguing matchup than people think. The Giants have played really cohesive and really well as a team. They unfortunately dropped one to the Seahawks week before last. They were on by last week. Uh, I think they're able to keep the momentum going, but I think the Texans have a lot of pieces that can make this interesting. Damian Pierce against this defense, I think, will be an interesting matchup. 
Nico Collins has started to play a little better. They're getting OJ Howard involved. How can the defense and the middle of that defense or the back end and the middle of the defense handle those two guys? Uh, the offensive line for the Texans is playing pretty decent. And I would say in this defense, the defensive line is probably the weakness for the Giants at this point with the way they're playing. And also, you got to take into account that Xavier McKinney is going to be out. So I think that's going to be interesting. I think the Giants have enough to win this game, but I think the Texans can keep it close. Davis Mills is back to playing Davis Mills football, which is not bad. Kind of impressive for what he was drafted to be. Um, I think the Giants, again, win this one, but I think they're able to keep it pretty close. Give me the Giants in a close one. I kind of want to agree with you, but kind of not. I think, like you said, I think they'll be able to keep the momentum. Saquon's healthy. He just got a week to rest up. I think he has the ability to run all over this Texans defense. And like you said, outside of Damian Pierce, this offense for the Texans really has nothing. Brandon Cooks has not played Brandon Cooks football. I just don't have much faith in the Texans, and I really don't know who could blame me. They haven't been good in a few years ever since the Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, J.J. Watt, and Jadavion Clowney kind of got out of there. So I think they're possibly the worst team in the league. The Giants' offense has been pretty good this year. I think if you slow down Damian Pierce, they're going to be dead in the water. So give me the Giants, and I think a 14-plus win. Next, we got Colts at Raiders. I think these are probably the most disappointing teams in football. If I had to go out on a limb and say Matt Ryan's still benched and you're relying on Sam Ellinger, who in his own right has actually played decent, uh, looked, looked okay. Uh, Raiders with Devontae Adams and the weapons that they have just – the one person you kind of had doubts on for this offense is actually playing the best and Josh Dake and Josh Jacobs. He's having a career year and uh, kind of showing people why he feels, you know, kind of staffed for not getting that fifth year option. Uh, I'm going to take the Colts in this one specifically for how disappointing this Raiders offense has looked that you just dropped a loss to the Jaguars who also look pretty bad in their own right. Jonathan Taylor is back. He carries no injury designation into this week. And with the way the Raiders defense is also playing, you lose Jonathan Abram, who's a pretty good run defending safety. Trayvon Merrick is more of a pass defending safety. Linebackers aren't anything special. Max Crosby is about the only person on this defense that I think scares me in any way, form, or fashion. And on top of that, Chandler Jones has just been a disappointment this year. Uh, give me the Colts. Las Vegas is favored by four and a half, which makes no sense to me. Give me the Colts and give me the Colts easy. I'm going to have to kind of throw it back to what I said about the Bills game. It just all depends to me how good Derek Carr, uh, Derek Carr and Devontae Adams hookup is. Last game, they went off for 120 yards and two touchdowns, and they made it a football game. If you can get Josh Jacobs involved and get him a few touches on the ground, get him a few touchdowns, I think they have a possibility to win this football game. But like you said, they've just been so disappointing. It's kind of tough to pick them, but I just don't know. I'd... Jonathan Taylor was okay the first week, kind of fell off from there, got injured. And like you said, they're still playing Sam Ellinger. I'm going to have to take the Raiders just by slightly, though. I don't have much faith in Sam Ellinger. This offensive line hasn't played well, with despite having Quentin Nelson, who is arguably the best O-lineman in football. Definitely a 
top five for sure. Just kind of scares me a little bit. So, I'm, like I said, I'm gonna have to take the take the Raiders pretty pretty slimly. Next, we got Cowboys on the road at Packers. Um, I'm gonna let you start with this one. Uh, Dallas is favored by four and a half. That's kind of what I'd go for. I'd say anywhere from three to seven. Uh, this Dallas offense hasn't been as good as people really thought it was going to be because I thought they people thought that C.D. Lamb was going to step up and take some astronomical jump, and he just hasn't been that yet. Dalton Schultz has kind of taken a step back from what he was last year, which he looked he was looking like a top eight, top ten tight end, especially in fantasy. He was putting up fantasy points like crazy. The only reason I am going to take the – uh, the Cowboys is because Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard have been pretty good this season. Tony Pollard has been amazing. Zeke's been a shadow. Better than he was last better year. Better than he was last year. But like I said, there's just so many weapons that Dallas has. I have faith in Dak Prescott. So give me the give me the Dallas Cowboys and like I said, four, seven point win. So I'm I'm going to agree with you. I think the Cowboys get the W in this one, but I am going to disagree with you as far as the how the result ends up. I think the Cowboys have a potential to blow this one out of the water. Uh, Rashawn Gary goes down to a torn ACL, and now your major pass rusher is Preston Smith. I think that's a problem. Like you said, Devondre Campbell has not been all pro like he was last year, in my opinion. Jair is still a, an easy top five, top eight corner, like you said. Uh, whereas I probably would have counted him as top three after last season. Um, He's kind of fallen, hasn't played as well, still played great, but has not played as well. Eric Stokes is down. um, So this defensive secondary is kind of thin. You do bring in Jonathan Abram, but again, he's more of like a run defending safety uh, after the Raiders let him go. I just, even with the Cowboys not being as good on offense as we think they can, I just don't think the Packers with their situation on defense are going to be able to make them look like they have looked in the past couple of weeks. And this defense is going to eat against the Packers. The Cowboys are a top five defense in the league right now. Micah Parsons is playing like a defensive player of the year candidate. I think he is going to absolutely tear this offensive line apart. I think the matchup between him and David Bakhtiari is going to be an interesting one. But if I'm the Cowboys defense, I'm playing him opposite David Bakhtiari all night long. And I'm putting Aaron Rodgers on the dirt or, I'm making him force the ball and throw uh, some bad passes like he did last week. Give me the Cowboys and give me the Cowboys easy. Next up, we got Cardinals on the road at Rams. These are probably runners up for the most disappointing teams in the league because the Rams were looking to possibly repeat as Super Bowl champs this year. Added Allen Robinson, who's done nothing. Cooper Cup is about the only person on this offense that looks like they want to play football. Matthew Stafford's in concussion protocol. Even though the Cardinals are looking like one of the more dysfunctional teams in the league. I think they come out with a W in this one. The Rams just don't have a lot working for them. And yes, you've got Aaron Donald, but Jalen Ramsey's not the same guy he was last year uh, and has been in previous years. And the hop's going to test him all game long. So again, you got Aaron Donald. Great. You got Cooper cup. Great. But those are about the only guys that look like they want to play football this year for the Rams. So give me the Cardinals Rams are favored. Again, don't really see why. They don't really carry a home field advantage either. So I think Cardinals fans will travel and watch them make the Rams arguably the worst team in the NFC West. 
it really sucks to see how far the Rams have fallen, especially with the former Georgia boy and Matt Stafford as their quarterback. People were saying at the end of last season, I was one of them, that he belonged in the Hall of Fame after kind of coming over and showing that the Lions were just wasting his talent for so many years and that he was just being faithful to them and wanted to bring them a Super Bowl so bad. And he won a Super Bowl in his first year with an actual good team. It just sucks to see how far that they've fallen. Now I think he's just kind of working against himself and getting in the Hall of Fame. I just don't think that he can get in if he keeps playing like this. I do think the offensive line is a contributing factor. Uh, they look completely like the worst offensive line in the league competing with the Steelers, so I think that does play a little bit into it. It does suck to lose Andrew Whitworth, who has been a staple tackle in the N- or was a staple tackle in the NFL for years coming out of LSU from with the Bengals and the Rams. They lost a few more players too. Like you said, it just doesn't seem like anybody wants to play football for him. Cooper Cup's out there doing his thing. Absolutely amazing wide receiver. Aaron Donald, I don't think, has played his football game either, but at the same time, you know people are going out there double and triple teaming him, and he's getting older. It's going to be harder and harder for him to continue to beat those, especially when there's no really other threat on the D-line to kind of catch up with him. I mean, Leonard Floyd's really the only other one that poses somewhat of a threat for getting sacks and disruption. So you're really kind of directing all your main attention to Aaron Donald. D-Hop and Kyler Murray's connection has just been insane since he's come back. He finally got his wide receiver one back after losing Christian Kirk to the Jags and not having that kind of safety blanket. Marquise Brown hasn't been anything special. Robbie Anderson might be the biggest joke of wide receiver that I've ever seen. He has like seven targets for three catches and negative yards. He's just been a joke since four years ago. He just hasn't been a good football player since he left the Jets. Give me the Cardinals. Like I said, there's just so many things working against the Rams right now. And Cooper Cup can't go out there and do it alone. Aaron Donald's going to put some production. I just don't think it's going to be enough. Give me Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. Our Sunday night football matchup is actually a pretty decent one, in my opinion. Chargers on the road at 49ers. The Chargers have a whole lot of injuries, but the 49ers are also dealing with their fair share. Uh, I think the 49ers are a whole lot more interesting with Christian McCaffrey in the fold. Uh, And, you know, maybe Keenan Allen can get healthy. I think this is actually going to be a pretty even matchup. San Francisco's favored by seven, which I think is a little much. Uh, Justin Herbert will probably throw for a pretty good bit of yards on this uh, 49ers defense. You know, Traverius Ward and Emmanuel Mosley are, are fine corners, but I don't know. I just think Herbert's talented enough to get this uh, it, get this offense rolling. Plus, you got Austin Eckler, who between him and McCaffrey, you've probably got the two best all-purpose backs in the league going head-to-head. Uh, really, like, for whatever reason, I'm not really sure. I just like the way this matchup looks for the Chargers. I know the injuries are crazy for the Chargers, but here they are, 5-3. and three, And like you said last week, Eckler's popping off. Uh, I think he does it again. So, again, with blind abandon, not really sure where it's coming from. I'm rocking with the Chargers, even with the 49ers' favorite. So, big, give me the Chargers. It's hard to bet against them. I think Debo Samuel's coming back this week. Christian McCaffrey's been playing. Brandon Ayuk has been playing a lot better. Say Brandon Ayuk has been playing a lot better. I think that attributes more to 
Jimmy Garoppolo being back than rather him having a kind of resurgence because I did hear that Trey Lance either wasn't throwing to him or wasn't really targeting him. I know we only got to see him one game, but I mean, they just didn't have time to connect and Jimmy Garoppolo has kind of been looking towards him and he did that when they were rookies besides last year when Brandon Ayuk had some things with Kyle Shanahan and I think they kind of worked through those, but Christian McCaffrey's been playing great. Nick Bosa is one of the best edges in football. There's not really much else to say after that. I think the 49ers were dumb to keep Eric Armstead over DeForest Buckner. That's just my opinion. I think totally should, with you. I said I think they should have got rid of him and kept DeForest Buckner, who's an absolute animal. Like you said, I just love the way that this looks for the Chargers. I know they're the most injury riddled team and have been for the past three years, but Justin Herbert's still one of my favorite quarterbacks. Love Austin Eckler. Josh, Josh Palmer played a great football game last week in the absence of Mike Williams. You throw the ball to Gerald, throw the ball to Gerald Everett. He's going to go out there and he's going to make plays for you. He's an older tight end, but he's still got some athleticism to him. You go out there and make the plays. Is Jalen gotten back this week? I have no idea. If he is, that's another that he's a huge favorite of Justin Herbert's for the deep he's ball. He's an too. absolute menace when it comes to the deep ball down the field. So give me the Chargers just based pure off feeling and honestly just pure lack of the Chargers and kind of eh from the 49ers, but I wouldn't be surprised if Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler take over in this game and they kind of will their teams to either side of the victory. Finally, to top it all off, we got our Monday night football matchup. Again, I think this one's better than what people think it will be. The Commanders sitting at four and five, Eagles undefeated. Philly's favored by 11. I think with Taylor Heineke, the Washington team is actually better than what it is with Carson Wentz. And they play like with more grittiness, more toughness. The team has the respect of Heineke, and I think it was a mistake by Ron Rivera naming Carson Wentz the starter. They want to play for Heineke because he plays for them. Uh, Antonio Gibson's look good. Heineke has a good relationship uh, with McLaurin and Curtis Samuel at this point. Deami Brown's starting to get more involved. It's a possibility that Jahan Dotson comes back. So maybe that frees up Logan Thomas. I think this has actually got the potential to pre- be a pretty good offense in this league. Uh, I think the defense has kind of stepped up when they needed to. I still don't think Chase Young is going to play in this one. He's been just out all season unfortunately, for the for the commanders. On the flip side, I think the Eagles have the best offense in the league right now. You have two amazing wide receivers and A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. And then on top of that, you've got Zach Pascal, who used to be one of the better slots in the league. He's still got a lot of talent. And then on top of that, you got Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott in the backfield, who are all kind of different style guys. Boston Scott's your more agile third down style back. Kenneth Gainwell's more of the reception kind of guy. Miles Sanders is going to go out and get you the yards. I think the Eagles have the best offensive line in football. And this defense, uh, probably also a top five defense in the league. I know the back seven is really where they're strongest. Fletcher Cox isn't the same guy. And kind of outside of, of Jordan Davis, I'm not really as threatened by what they have going on the rest of the rest of the D line there. I'm going to take the Eagles. They're favored by 11. I think that's way too much. This is This is going to be a heated game. This is an NFC uh, East rivalry game. I think this is going to be super close. I think the Commanders have a really good shot at knocking the Eagles uh, down for their first loss of the season. I am still going to take the Eagles, but I think this is way closer than 11 points. 
Yeah, I think we're going to go with our first disagreement of the podcast. I think it's probably the best one to disagree on. We kind of said it earlier in the season. I think it was honestly a mistake before the season of, like you said, making Carson Wentz the starter. I don't think they ever should have went and got him. I don't think they ever should have paid him. Taylor Heineke is a great quarterback. He loves the Washington football team. Like you said, they play for him. He plays for them. They're tough. They're gritty when he's on the field. He makes plays. He plays with reckless abandon. He doesn't care if he gets hurt, but he's going to go out there and he's going to make plays for you no matter what. And ever since he went out there and almost beat Tom Brady in a playoff game when they won the Super Bowl, you kind of have to look at him different. And he, like, this guy is really good at football and he wants to play the game of football. Just after seeing the Eagles kind of struggle with the Texans in the first half of their football game, Jalen Hurts has continued to struggle throwing the football. We've talked about it multiple times on here. We love Jalen Hurts. He, I think he is good at throwing the football. I don't think he is great at throwing the football. Yeah, he's improved, but he still, he still has work to do. And if he can't run, he kind of struggles a little bit. So, like I said, this running attack for the Eagles is amazing. Their offensive line is great. But – just with his struggles that I saw against the Texans, I'm going to have to take the commanders. Love Taylor Heineke. And like you said, with Fletcher Cox being out, George, or Fletcher Cox not playing as amazing. I think he did go down with an injury and then came back in. So he might still be banged up. Jordan Davis is down. Brandon Graham has fallen way off. He's I, just old, man. I would say I think he's just kind of a veteran presence. And like you said, their back end's pretty good, but Washington has the weapons to go with it. It sucks that we have still not seen Chase Young in his sophomore season. I just hope he doesn't get riddled with injuries for the rest of his career and becomes a huge what if. So give me the commanders. Like you said, I think it's going to be a close game, but I just have faith in Taylor Heineke that he can pull it out. We can kind of stay on this for one little more bit because we kind of ran a little quick for this one. But you and I think really – you and I both really like Jalen Hurts. We are not bashing Jalen Hurts. We just have not seen Jalen Hurts throw the Eagles to a win. He has not had to. And even against the Commanders, I don't think he'll have to. I think the Commanders have a chance to win this game, but the Eagles are just going to do what they do on offense until it just doesn't work anymore. I don't think the Commanders can stop it, so that's why I'm saying I don't think he'll have to throw them to a win. I think they'll continue to do their thing in order to win this football game. But the Eagles are going to have to play a team like the Bills, the Dolphins, Somebody like that that can score quickly to where Jalen Hurts and this rushing offense, if they start sputtering, I mean, there's going to have to be some kind of give and take of where he relies, he's relied on to throw the football to get Dallas Goddard, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, get Miles Sanders involved in the passing game. Kenneth Gainwell, like I said, is a good receiving back. I just, that's got to be in your repertoire somewhere. I, I just don't think you can sit here and just rely on this explosive run game again for the entirety of the rest of the season. Um, I think once the Eagles go on the road to the Cowboys later in the season, I think that'll really be their only test. Looking at the rest of the schedule, the Eagles have such a good and nice, easy path to the playoff, in my opinion. Again, we like to say it so much on this podcast. I'm in wait-and-see mode. I want to see Jalen Hurts will his team to a victory. He's a great leader. He's a great locker room guy. He's an excellent athlete. He's improved, but he still has not this season had to throw them to a win, especially with how well this defense has played. 
like you said, I mean, I like Jalen Hurts. I'd say when he was at Oklahoma, I didn't really like him too much when he was at Alabama, and he kind of came back and got the win against us. But at Oklahoma, he was a great thrower. I mean, he almost won the Heisman. But, like, it's also college. I get the game transitions a whole lot when you're playing guys who have been in the league for eight to ten years and just know what you're going to do before you even do it. So it is tough, but he does have the ability to make the throws. I just really want to see it from him. And like you said, he hasn't had to throw them to a win yet. I think he's a great quarterback. This team's great. I think it'd be amazing to see the first 17-0 team in history or 16-0 team in history. I think it'd be amazing to see. I hope they pull it out, but he's going to have to develop his throwing ability and have more games like he did with A.J. Brown a few weeks ago where they go for 150 yards and three touchdowns for me to really have huge confidence in him to go and kind of be that number one guy and lead him to win. That is going to wrap up our week 10 preview of the NFL. Uh, again, the issue with our episode posting should be fixed. You should expect college episodes to pop up on Wednesday, NFL episodes on Friday. Uh, please interact with us on our social medias. Read the roster on Facebook. I'd read the roster on Twitter. We want to share thoughts, opinions, reactions to our episodes and the games as they unfold. It's been an absolutely nuts NFL season along with the college football season. Please listen to our college football episodes as well. Uh, check us out, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and please leave us a review. It'll help us a whole lot uh, to reach out to more and more people. We really appreciate everybody sticking with us through this uh, crazy football season and all of our issues that we've unfortunately had. Uh, one more thing, Reed and I have also mentioned before that we're working on a YouTube channel. We'll, we'll get that kind of working out in the future. That'll probably come in the off season, but that is the main thing I wanted to bring up. We will continue this podcast throughout the off season with all the crazy ins and outs of, of everything that goes on. You know, NFL is pretty wild during the off season. And now with the transfer portal, college football is as well. So please continue to stick with us. We really appreciate everybody that continues to show support. We'll talk to you soon.